1: what is up what is happening tfa fam it's your boy kevin Steele back again with another edition of the fantasy authority podcast you can find me on twitter at fantasy 13 you can find my co-host cody kutzer at c in this episode this is part two of the podcast where we're breaking down the wide receivers yesterday we broke down the running back and their top landing spots so we talk about a lot of guys some of our sleepers and in this class and stuff like that so, so i hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will see you again next week with another episode
0: the outsiders. The outsiders. I went.
1: We haven't even heard it. But uh so we, we, we got to keep this moving. So let's go ahead and jump over to the wide receivers. We're probably not going to hit on all these guys we have here. But we'll certainly be hitting on them as things progress. But let, let's go ahead and let's talk about, one, uh Henry Ruggs. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time. I think we both agree here. This is a terrible landing spot for Henry Ruggs. This is a great spot for their offense in general to open things up, to be able to add a field stretcher to this offense. We've, we're seeing more and more teams try to mold after themselves as the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm going to let people in on a little secret, though. Here's the problem. Um, they don't have Patrick Mahomes, and th- th- that's that's kind of the the the, the Seems thing there. Like a big right? deal, yeah. It's it's kind of a the reason why the Chiefs' offense works as well as it does. Now, it, it, it is certainly good to have have a guy like that in, in your offense. Uh, Like Henry Ruggs, I just don't think it was a good fit. I think they would have been better off taking Judy or Lamb or somebody like that with with having Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota as the backup, right? They paid Marcus Mariota a decent amount of money as backup. Now they has accelerated and stuff like that to make more money. I don't love this because Derek Carr does not like push the ball down the field for at least for redraft purposes, unless John Gruden is able to get Derek Carr to open up and start pushing the ball downfield. Maybe it's because they didn't have somebody to do that with. We'll see now. But with Henry Ruggs, his ceiling is limited for me. Are
0: are you do you agree with that? I do. I, I think. I think his top end ceiling is limited. But the more man, I, man, I keep going back and forth on this one. I, I really do. So obviously, we wanted to see rugs go to somewhere like Philly, right? Somewhere where we know he can get the deep, get the deep ball. Somewhere where we know that ball is going to be pushed downfield. But if you if you look last year, um, Derek Carr was actually had the second highest adjusted completion percentage only behind Drew Brees right now on the flip side of that, he was second to last in average intended air yards. And that was only behind only ahead of Teddy Bridgewater. So if Gruden is able to scheme rugs in space and get him as that kind of yak guy, I don't, I don't think it's an awful landing spot because of that. But in terms of his overall ceiling, it's absolutely capped, right? Like, he's going to basically rugs is going to have to live off of screens, slants, crossers, that sort of thing. Like you don't want to take somebody who has his kind of speed and only have him be like an 8-yard an A. guy. Like you like you definitely don't want to do that. The I th- I think the the pairing with Carr is what makes this the a uh, a suboptimal landing spot. This is all going to come down to Can Gruden, will he actually scheme him into space? Because that's the only way that this is going to work out well for for Ruggs and Carr. I I do think that Carr is going to be on a short leash, but I don't know how much more successful Mariota would be at be willing to push the ball down the field so I think I think we're not going to see Ruggs's true potential until a year or two out when they replace the quarterback but like I said the the short yardage screen slant kind of stuff I think Ruggs can absolutely function in that in that capacity but as far as like his overall ceiling this was not the spot for him to land.
1: Can't add any more to that. So let, let's keep it moving. uh like I guess I totally agree with Henry Ruggs. I think maybe down the road, this could be a better spot. But right now, I, I'm just not overly excited about it. And maybe just a better best ball option where he has some boom weeks. and But, anyways, so let's keep it moving. uh The, the next uh, wide receiver that was selected was Jerry Judy to the Broncos. The Broncos really went out and just really tried to uh, crush this draft in terms of offensive talent. They brought in him. Then they brought in the speedster, KJ Hamler, in the second round. They brought in Albert O at tight end, even though they already had no offense. So they and they also have, you know, they brought in Mel- Melvin Gordon. They got Philip Lindsay. They still have Royce Freeman, who's still there at uh, running back. They still have Noah Fant, who's one of the best young tight ends, if not the mm-hmm. best young tight end
0: in the league. Cushion Barry, the help on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, so th- this is a-, a team that's heading in the right direction. And I think at least year one. I think the question here's my question is, and I think some people have this concern with Jerry Judy. At least year one, you know, Cortland Sutton's also there. Noah Fant's there. The the biggest question for me, at least personally is are they going to get the volume that we're looking forward to him to be a fantasy relevant player on a weekly basis that you're going to feel comfortable starting because you know he is in Vic Fangio uh offense they were still a very run heavy offense last year so unless they're going to unleash excuse me Drew Locke year two it's hard to probably trust that they're going to be enough targets for Jerry Judy to, to be a consistent every week contributor but I do love these offense and I think that Drew Locke is somebody that can uh be unlock if you see what i did there see mm. that you like that Pro- you like that oh. play on words Pro. <laughs> just landing spot i like the broncos long-term outlook and i think you're what i still think you could have some interest in jerry judy but he's probably not my favorite guy in, in terms of redraft year one
0: yeah i agree if if they come out and they decide they're just going to completely open up this offense, that changes thing. But like, I don't think we can look at that and be like, oh, well, yep. You know, obviously since they took Judy and then Hamler around one and two, that definitely means they're going to open it up. Maybe they just realize that being in that division, that they have to have those kind of weapons in order to even have a, have a ray of hope of, of keeping up. But for, for me, or the, the, the other way would be is if they, just kind of decide that they're going to, Run the offense through Jerry Judy in the in the slot position. That would be that would be the other outcome, right? For Jerry Judy to kind of overtake that, but I don't necessarily think that happens. I think Sutton has proved himself to be to be a really good outside receiver. Judy's obviously going to offer you more versatility to move him inside and out. But I do kind of see like maybe it's just like a, a 120 and 115 kind of target thing at the end of the year between the two, and whoever gets the the five extra, I mean that that remains to be seen but i I think they're going to kind of both live in that that kind of same area i don't really see one of them really overtaking the other and then as far as hamler goes we we've touched on this before but i think he's going to be more of that more of that best ball kind of option especially in this offense with everything you just laid out between Fant, does alberto get involved year one melvin gordon has shown he can be a, a competent pass catcher philip Lindsay. so with all those with all those weapons around i think hamler is going to be a better broncos piece and he is a than he is a fantasy a fantasy piece but i also think because of that hamler is going to go probably super late in best ball drafts as well so i think he would definitely be uh be a guy you could target in the late round of, of best ball draft. So we'll keep this moving here, man. Let's go to let's go to C D Lamb. Like this was this was a pick that I remember whenever it came through we were on the, the live draft show there was kind of like one of those like oh shit kind of moments. Like I don't think anybody thought like th- there were rumors that they wanted to add to their slot receiver during the offseason, but I don't think any of us thought that it was going to be C D Lamb in the first round, so with C.E. Lamb, where like where do you see his ceiling with Cooper with Michael Gallup? There, obviously, um, I, I I think you were a Gallup fan as well, but I you know I was a I was a big Gallup fan going into last year, especially for Dynasty purposes. Like I I think he's I think he's legit. I don't think that was just a case of him you know, kind of getting the targets and he produced, I think he could produce either way. Do you think Lamb could perform well enough to kind of make Gallup uh, like a distant third option? Or how do you see this offense shaking out year one?
1: We have some history to go off of a little bit here in terms of of this with, with Mike McCarthy anyways. You know, in his days in Green Bay, when they had Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. And so I think that they can be fantasy relevant. I don't think that their ceilings, at least... Gallup and... Or at least Lamb, I don't think for sure, can be as high as what we want it to be year one. I think as they become more comfortable in this offense and things sort of progress, I think this is actually uh, and also an issue for Ezekiel Elliott a little bit, that Ezekiel Elliott isn't not going to get as many opportunities as we think he does, and I think they open the offense up a little bit more um, through the air. Great for Dak. Like Dak is locked in as a, a top three quarterback. I, I, I have him at three now, um, just outside of Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. One of the more dynamic offenses. There are no excuses this year for this team not in the playoffs and making some noise this is a really fun offense i think that i don't think this hurts Gallup as much as people think it will but it's certainly not great and i think this will actually knock his uh, stock down a little bit but with Ceedee Lamb, year one, at least from a redraft perspective, I don't love it. I think it should also be mentioned too with Amari Cooper that they can actually get out of that deal after two years. So I think that's probably something that will end up happening. Is that Amari Cooper will probably end up getting cut after a couple of years? And so I do like Ceedee Lamb's long-term outlook here, and I think that he is on track to probably be the alpha in this offense, you know, within a couple of years. But right now. Uh, for year one, in terms of redraft, I don't love it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not, not going to add too much more uh, onto that. Uh, you, you touched on Amari Cooper's uh, contract situation. Obviously, with Gallup, he was not a first-round pick, so his uh, he only has four years on his rookie deal, and I think that's going to be up next year in 2021. So I could see a scenario where maybe they maybe they try and trade him before that because i don't think like they're just not going to be they're just not going to be able to to pay him with dak also also coming in so that's um my god those comments legendary what what do you have against cd lamb man What what is going on I, i'm here?
1: thinking i'm thinking so if i do a little investigative work here uh the first first comment was Jalen rager will be the best wide receiver mm-hmm. Jalen hurts future hall of famer we're starting okay. to get a little bit. This could be an Eagles fan. Hey, so it is what it is. I get it. You know, whatever. I mean, I don't. I'm not calling him for him to break his ankle, but you know, this could be. Uh, you know, hey, this could be an Eagles fan, right? Fly Eagles, fly. So, anyways, keep going.
0: No, I mean with legendary, but send this boy some milk if you think he's gonna break an ankle. Get him that vitamin D, fortify those bones, son.
1: <laughs> so actually, actually, I don't. I mean, unless you have something else, to put it on. Oh, actually keep finish your take. Finish your take. I don't want to cut you off.
0: No, Sorry. no, I was, I was just gonna say that may, maybe we see Lamb become that, uh, you know, that that alpha a little sooner than that two year. Maybe we at least see Gallup pushed out of the picture because I don't think they're gonna be able to pay him with Cooper's contract and they're going to have to pay Dak. You know what I mean? So I I just don't think they're going to be able to fill it. So I guess we can move on to legend Darius guy here.
1: Yeah, and for a lot of people might end up being actually number one for people, especially year one. Jalen Rager's in a fantastic spot and we can say the same thing Really, about Justin Jefferson as well. We'll get to Justin Jefferson, but let's talk about Jalen Rager. Is Rager the immediate top wide receiver option for the Eagles? Do you think he is targeted as such? And where would you take him, let's just say in redraft, this year? How, How high would you be willing to take him? right now gonna put it this way i will say this i would probably take as everything we know i would take Jalen rager in the sixth seventh round of a redraft right now
0: you you said you're were, you're were working on your ranks um i don't know if you have them up right now so i'll give you a little bit of time to look at that but i don't know like did you where did you put him in terms of like your overall wide receiver rankings I, i'll let you look that up um dynasty purposes Rager is my wide receiver one He was my three before this. So I don't think like with his landing spot, I don't think that's a stretch to put regular at the wide receiver one spot, man, in terms of, in terms of redraft, man, that's, that's such an interesting question. I I have not looked at my, my redraft ranks yet, but obviously, re- the receiving position is something that's super deep each and every year. So, I mean, I, yeah, probably that's that six, seven round range. Probably like, I think that sounds right in terms of like hearing that, you know, hear, hearing you say that for the first time. Um, but I, I can speak more to the dynasty side of it. And for, for this year, he is my my wide receiver one for, for dynasty purposes for sure. Sorry. You, you know, you, 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 find- you could have kept going a little bit longer, you know. Well, I didn't realize you were on fucking dial up, and it was going to take you thirty-five <laughs> minutes to find your rankings.
1: I am. Hey, I got. I just got a new AOL disc. Okay, so uh, leave me alone. You know, right I to out of minutes. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I have Raker at thirty-five among all wide receivers, which is first among any any okay. wide receiver. So, okay. Um. Anyways, and that's half point PPR. But, you know, like you mentioned, Alshon Jeffries there. When you look at the names, if you just put the names out there, you have Alshon. You have Deshaun Jackson, who is still there. J.J. Artega-Whiteside, who they took in the second round, is still there. Greg Ward, who is the late-season hero for them, is still there. There's a lot of mouths in, in that offense, right? Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders... However, let's talk, we can just get this out of the way. Alshon Jeffrey is cooked, right? Like we don't even know if he's gonna play this year. To be honest with you, in terms of, with Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know if he, the dude's gonna play because of his his foot injury. And if he does, he's probably gonna be starting the year on the pup. Deshaun Jackson is also much uh, is, is is much older. Jalen Wragger's at a spot to be the number one offense on this team, right? And so I. Or the the number one wide receiver, and so I think people should be looking at that. Carson Wentz, even though they took Jalen Hurts, I honestly think they took Jalen Hurts, which some of the reasons they did it is, is ridiculous. Like I think they said that uh, with the coronavirus was the reason they took him in the second round because they you know they felt like they uh, you know they need another quarterback in case you know. Like why don't you just say it? like carlson wentz has not been a model of, of of uh healthiness over there and so you wanted to have another backup for him in the event something happens to him because their their team is good enough to make it to the playoffs and even possibly the super bowl the things they've done on defense and everything else to, to improve that secondary that team is really 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 good and so that certainly should be mentioned with, with with them and so anyways we don't have to go down that hole we could sit there and talk about this forever but i like Jalen rager now let's move on to Justin Jefferson, right? He is uh, landed in one of the better spots as well. Going to Minnesota. Gets gets paired next to Adam Thielen. And then you have Kyle Rudolph. And um, why is his name escaping me? The other tight end that they just drafted last year. Um, Irv Smith. Yeah, Irv Smith. And so this is a great spot, right? In terms of targets. Stephon Diggs got traded. If you want to slot him into the Stephon Diggs role, you can. I think he takes more of a slot role that Adam Thielen has so well done. And I think you could see them move Adam Thielen out or they mix match him. But I love this landing spot for Justin Jefferson. I think you could have, a, if you want to have a conversation about Justin Jefferson versus Jalen Rager, you possibly can. I, I right now I'd probably put Jalen Rager ahead of him because the Eagles, I think they'll be going to be a little bit more explosive or a little bit more pass offense versus what Minnesota likes to run the ball. But I love this spot for, for Justin Jefferson and probably honestly for redraft is, is my number two wide receiver.
0: Yeah. I think with, with the with the adam thielen thing i was just looking at his contract status um after the 2020 season the vikings could save depending on when they release or trade him they could save between eight to almost 12 million dollars against their 2021 uh salary cap so if if you're looking for another silver lining in terms of that i mean i think that's that's that could be a huge selling point like this is one of those things like is even like even with the with the running backs, like I kind of feel the same way about the wide, wide receivers. Where you can kind of rank these top three, four guys like in any order. Like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna jump into a debate with you. Um, but for for redraft as well, I think uh, I think you're right. I think Jefferson would be would be the two, um, just because of it's it's R- Rudolph is trailing off. I know he's had he had that little run where he had. What was it like five touchdowns in three games or something like that? for like to the mid to the end of the season. Irv Smith is obviously an up and comer. But I mean, outside of that, and Dalvin Cook, obviously, like there's, I don't know, there's just not too much standing in his way. Um, Thielen has also kind of like he's been hit by the injury bug. So it wouldn't surprise me if by, by the end of 2020 that Jefferson ends up out targeting and out producing Thielen year one, I think, I think it be a possibility. That was obviously a, like the, the more I thought about it, the the more I started to like that spot. I did, I didn't like it at first, but once I got to like kind of sit down, like I said, decompress from the, from the live shows and everything and actually think about some of these things, that that was a spot that uh that i like yeah i guess we'll see on that
1: with them like i said i i love i love both of them i think they're both uh guys that i would look to take probably in the sixth seventh round maybe a little bit lower maybe a little bit higher as as we get a little closer you know another player who actually went in the first round that just seems to nobody cares is brandon Ayuk. right went in the first round
0: yeah yeah nobody dude knows. uh so r- r- real quick just to to jump in we did the uh the kamikaze super flex rookie mock last night uh you could also find on we're we're gonna drop that on podcast form but you can also find it on the youtube channel as well and i i got him at i think it was two twelve that i took him like i was sitting there and i was like i really want to take brian edwards at this spot but there's still a first round wide receiver still sitting on the board and with that Kyle Shanahan offense and, and everything like that, um, that he, he was someone who like, like, you're right. Like he's kind of like, he was taking the first round and like there were people that were excited about him leading up to it. We had Jim Nagy of the senior bowl telling us that like, Hey, all the NFL teams that I talked to leading up to this point, have I with a higher grade than Nikhil Harry. We all poo pooed it. We said that was crazy. And the 49ers end up moving up, taking him higher than what Nikhil Harry went in last year's draft. And then again, this is one of those coach speak things. We don't know the, the extent to how true this is, but then at at the, at the end of round one, you have Shanahan come out and he says that Ayuk was their highest graded receiver over Judy over lamb. And like the, like, who knows? I mean the the Steelers also came out and said they had a first round raid on Mason Rudolph and they took him in the third round. So like all that stuff is obviously up for debate and it, you know what I mean all that kind of stuff, but this is this is a super interesting spot. Um what 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 do you make of this landing spot? Do you do you like him going to San Fran? Obviously you have to be enticed by the draft capital. But what do you think about his overall landing spot and how he's going to fit in that offense?
1: Well, he's a super – I mean, his burst is, is where everything's at, right? And you should turn on his tape. His, his with that ability, I mean, he had a 132.0 uh, burst score, which is 90th percentile. Speed score wasn't terrible, was 98.6. And his 40 yard dash was 4.5, was 67th percentile. He's six foot 205. Uh, we've talked about his dominator rating, one of the highest in the class. The, the one of the issues that people have with him, which is his breakout age, was 21.5. You know, he was in the offense last year with Nikhil Harry, but. Regardless of that, like that, that's something to at least uh, put away in your brain, right? He only had a twenty-five point eight contested catch rate as well, so uh, there's some things there to kind of look at with Brandon Ayuk. This offense is still, I think, has the potential to be um, even better than it was last year. The passing offense, and with George Kittle there and Debo Samuel, I I feel remiss to say that I feel like Brandon Ayuk a little bit is a little bit of a redundant asset to to what Debo Samuel is. At least they're similar type wide receivers. I do like Brandon Ayuk. I think he can be an explosive athlete and somebody that you want to try to get the ball in his hands and kind of uh you know and get him out in space and i think being with kyle shanahan i don't know what that was what you were just doing what what was that <laughs> just doing <laughs> anyways uh, that's hilarious people didn't get to see at all what you just did i forgot i had the graphic up the man that was hilarious
0: so i didn't realize you could see that either that was kind of for for my own entertainment <laughs> that's, that's
1: great <laughs> Anyways, so we'll see with Brandon Iu, But I, I do find it interesting that people just completely have like, it's like, ah, well, Brandon Ayuk, cool. Okay, let's keep it moving to the next guy, right? So I, I do like the landing spot, and I think it's, it could be better than what people are giving it credit for. So let's move on from there. T. Higgins goes in the second round. Top of the second to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't love this landing spot for him. I think he's AJ Green's replacement, but AJ Green is still there. Now the question is: is AJ Green gonna play? Is he gonna stay healthy? AJ Green has been able to do those things. If AJ Green goes, I think I, I'm a little bit more intrigued with 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 T Higgins. But year one, I, he's just I'm not overly excited about him. Um, in redraft, I'm not looking to target him. Uh, they still have Tyler Boyd and John Ross there as well, so as long as A.J. Green is healthy, I don't love the T. Higgins pick. You know, and your boy, I guess, the odd Tate is dead.
0: Not year one.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see on that, but anyways, do you feel any differently about T. Higgins? Do you have anything to add there? Like, I like his long-term outlook in the offense with Joe Burrow yes. and everything else, but year one, I'm just not overly excited about it. No, so.
0: no, 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 nothing else to add there, although I do think that there's a, a glimmer of hope for one more year of, of just a little bit of a little bit of on tape, especially if AJ Green is is not healthy. And th- like I said, overall arching theme, depending on what we get out of OTAs, mini camps and, 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 and that sort of thing. So
1: I guess we'll see on that. We'll have to wait and see with old T Higgins. Now, the next one was Michael Pittman. And I've been a big Michael Pittman guy since Michael Pittman. I've started watching him and kind of looked at all of his numbers and everything else. And I will say, when he first was initially drafted, I wasn't, like, blown away by it. I was like, ah, Indy. Like, I feel like, you know, and I think some of it, like, they still have T.Y., whose T.Y. is definitely getting older. They still have Paris Campbell there, who... They dropped it early last year as well. And now that you add Michael Pittman, and I guess as we started, we, we talked more through it and the more that I've kind of had led a chance to marinate, if you will, and tenderize my brain and everything else and how I feel about this. I feel like Michael Pittman, this is actually a really good landing spot for him. I feel like at the very least that you could see him line up in the slot. And he has some of the best hands in this entire class. He is not a speed guy, but somebody that, that could beat you and body you. So I like Michael Pittman a lot. I like this landing spot. He has, he has um, you know, the speed to be able to uh, you know, gain separation. And like I said, I, I really like this landing spot for him. And I think long-term, this is also a really great spot uh, for Michael Pittman. But he kind of can do everything. He only had five drops on 176 catchable targets. 44.4 contested catch rate. Uh, he The one area where I think some people might have a little concern with him is his breakout age, whereas 20.9 isn't fantastic. However, he did have an average depth of target, you know, it wasn't great either. But overall, he ended up last year with a 26.5 target share, 59th percentile, 4.52, 40 yard dash. But for somebody his size, I think he's six four, 220. Like that, that, that is pretty uh, appealing. His speed score is 111.2, 93rd percentile, burst score 122.6, which is 50, 58th percentile percentile not fantastic but it's somebody at his size it's not necessarily what you're looking for but I, I really like this spot for michael pittman i think at least for fantasy purposes again another look kind of late round flyer that i would want to target we know especially if he gets to play a lot in the slot that you know that's a spot that's great for philip rivers because philip rivers loves targeting like uh, his keenan allen could this be his keenan allen we will see but i like this spot for michael pittman how do you feel about
0: it yeah i, I really like this spot for for michael pittman he at the very least, he brings a, a different skill set that they do not have in that offense currently, right? Like, obviously, T.Y. Hilton's going to line up outside, but he's he's not that big body guy. You have Paris Campbell in the slot, who I think would, would kind of play that Keenan Allen role just a little bit more, just in terms of from where he's going to line up. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily, like I don't think he's obviously not the route runner and the technician that Keenan Allen is, but in terms of where he's going to line up, like, I think that would be. Kind of "quote unquote" his Keenan Allen, um, but Pittman, like you, man, i've I've been a uh, I've been a big fan of him as well since you know, kind of since we started doing this and talking about all these guys. And for he's not going to blow you away on tape with his speed, but dude, being six four over two hundred twenty pounds, he he ran a four five. Like that is that is more than good enough, especially at that size. Um, I think he had like a a top five three cone as well at the at the combine. So again, someone who can he, he's not one of those guys you're gonna watch him. Like oh damn, he just blew by him. But because of his frame, he's one of those long striders who just eats up a lot of space, and you don't realize how quickly they're moving until he gets behind the defense. So um, I, I think we we are gonna need to get a different quarterback in there. Like something, something kind of caught my eye. I was looking at some stuff for, for the pod and he had the same um, average intended air yards as Pat Mahomes, Phillip Rivers, that is. And I saw that and I was like, Oh shit. Now obviously we didn't have the same Mahomes, but like, you know what I mean? He was still, I would still expect him to be higher in intended air yards than, you know what I mean? than someone like Phillip Rivers. So, but obviously he's he's not getting any younger. So I do think we're gonna need to need to get a different quarterback in there to realize Pittman's true potential. But Hilton's gonna be out of the way soon. It's just gonna be him and and Paris Campbell. So I'm excited for him from a from a dynasty perspective. Redraft. I mean, maybe you use your 11th, 12th, 13th round pick on him. Redraft, I would, you know, I would kind of temper expectations, but Dynasty, I love the landing spot. I agree. So,
1: you know, the next one was Laviska Shenault. Again, not a lot of people love this landing spot. I don't think this needs to be a long conversation, but I think that he, this is a better spot than we give him credit for if he can stay healthy. And that's the biggest question is can he stay healthy? They don't really have, I mean, DJ Chark is is the the field stretcher, the deep ball. Uh, I still think that he is, um, he has rooms to grow, but uh, but I don't think that directly affects LaVisca Chenault, and then from there, you have D.D. Westbrook, who, hey, we've been hyped about for a while. This hasn't been able to do anything, but he is getting older, and then you have uh, Chris Conley, who, uh, you know, was the brand last year that you were that you, you like you some Chris Conley. He had some good weeks last year, actually, Chris Conley, some usable weeks, but he's 28 now, I believe, and... So I like this spot for Chedot. If he can stay healthy, they can can get him in space, utilize him, because he is one of those dynamic uh, guys as well in space. You give him the ball in his hands and really can explode. So I think this is an underrated spot. But not one that I'm going to overrate either. I mean, they do still have Gardner Minshew there, which the, the 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 we're I I don't know what to make of him yet. I know that people were all excited. There's still people that are in love with Gardner Minshew. I, I think he's a he's a good story. I don't know if he's a, he's a great quarterback or a great fantasy story. We'll see with him. They think that we they could be looking for another quarterback uh, next year, and I think that's probably more more likely. But the, the landing spot for chanel isn't terrible, and I think it's uh, an underrated spot for a lot of people. Um, do you have anything else to to add to that?
0: Not really. the The thing for me outside of injury is obviously with how he was utilized in college. He he, he literally did it all, and I'm not sure if Gruden is going to be the guy to bring that out in him in in Jacksonville. But in terms of landing spot, like I don't get why people are kind of like are are lower on that. Honestly, like this this to me feels like Antonio Gibson with the running back room in Washington. Like sure, there are some names there, but like who is really holding him back from you know what I mean from Being a being a key piece in that offense, so to me, outside of the injury, the thing that like I was hoping for for Chennault was going to a place like a San Francisco, like a Kansas City that would actually utilize him in all the ways that he can be utilized. So that 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 would be the thing for me. So for for redraft purposes, man, I'm going to be really interested to see where his ADP kind of lands by the time that July and August roll around because I'm I I think he could be one of those guys who's going to be a little bit all over the board and not necessarily have a have a true consensus. So those those two things would be would be my issues with with Chanel. Now this this next one man, I didn't we got to talk Chase Claypool. I I don't think I don't remember hearing any of your thoughts on on Claypool. Um obviously Steelers took him that's my my hometown team, so i i want to I want to get your thoughts on it before before I spill the beans.
1: I don't know what to think of him because I know I know a lot of people have thought about like if he were to transition to tight end, he'd be the number one tight end in this class. Super explosive, you know. His four four two is 89th percentile. His his speed score was one hundred twenty nine point, which is 99th percentile. His burst score is 131.9, 92nd percentile. Like, there's a lot to like about Chase Claypool. You know his his breakout age, you know, was twenty one point two. Not good at all. His uh, his target share though was twenty eight point six, which is eightieth percentile. The, the, there's some things to like here in, in his in, in, in Seeing the tweets, right? I've seen it trying to compare him to Calvin Johnson. Like get the fuck out. Like like get the fuck out of here with that bullshit right he is not calvin johnson can we stop that like yes you can put some of his combine numbers up to him calvin johnson is a unicorn is a is a once in a i don't know maybe even i don't want to say lifetime but once a generation type player right in terms of just how the dude was a monster he's a freak the reason why we call him now uh, you know megatron right like there's reason for that like the dude was just a, a completely different animal that's Chase Claypool is not that guy, right? Actually, his best comparable on player profile is Doriel Green Beckham, not Calvin John. So um I like I think he's raw, and I think he's somebody that like I like I see the athletic uh, uh, measurables and everything that he has, and like there's some stuff to be excited about in this offense, especially with Pittsburgh. And to be honest, like there's a lot of reports coming out right now that this is Juju Smith Schuster's last year, no matter what, in Pittsburgh. That was just that I think that was yesterday that that's uh, that that was dropped. Which is interesting because I don't know. I mean, Juju, like, yes, Juju uh, struggled last year, but their fucking, their, their goddamn quarterback room was horrific. Uh, One of the worst in the league, you know, once Big Ben went down. So I I don't understand the whole, like, moving on from Juju. Like, he seems like a model citizen, somebody who, um, somebody you should want to market around. I don't know why they're going to, they're doing this, but that's what, that's the reports out there right now. We've heard that all the way back to last year that they had no interest in bringing Juju's back. So with that being said, wheels up Deontay Johnson for future. And then, Who else do they have, though, right now? So, I mean, Chase Claypool, I guess, could be a more interesting long-term option. They did uh, invest some draft capital in him, but for year one, I don't have a lot of interest in it unless something were to happen to one of these other dudes.
0: So I don't know what local Chiefs media and fans are like, but in Pittsburgh, they are fucking awful. Like, dude, my, like, trying to, like, I, I don't go on Facebook that much, and it's probably because of shit like this, but, like, scrolling through it, Literally, like, if someone comes out and they're like, oh man, like, I don't really, I don't know, it was like Chase Claypool, the best pick. You'll have one comment like that, and then a thousand that are like, we just get ratioed, dude. Just Calvin Johnson, like, dude, your your Calvin Johnson thing is. I'm seeing that all through Facebook, just like, oh, look at uh, Calvin. Would you like Calvin Johnson on your team? I think I would, and then people just being like. Well, the Steelers have a really good track record with with uh with wide receivers. I mean, look what they did with Sanders and uh A B, which, which is true. But he doesn't like Calvin Johnson, you could watch him on tape and be like, oh, holy shit. Like he plays like he tested. Chase Claypool, he does not play like he tested. I don't care if he ran a 4 2. It doesn't matter because he does not play the way that he the way that he tested. And like people want to talk about like his jump ball and contested catches. If he is if if all he's doing is making contested catches, it's because he can't separate. If you have four four speed, you should be able to separate. And Chase Claypool can. Like, dude, like Yenzers are the worst. Like, I literally can't even listen to like local sports talk radio because I'll turn it on, I'll hear something like that, and I immediately just turn it off. Now, I will say that like this is why I tend to listen to like fantasy people as well, because you brought up a really good point about like opportunity, right? And that's what we want in fantasy football is we want to look for targets and opportunity and the, the ability to get the ball. And outside of Juju, I mean, I know a lot of people are hyped about Deontay Johnson. They liked his profile coming into it. He showed some flashes last year, but like, James Washington hasn't shown dick. He's had like a couple of nice games, but that's really been about it. If they don't pay Juju, you could be looking at it next year as like Chase Claypool could legitimately be the one in this offense. So if you want to buy into it from a dynasty standpoint like that, and like fine, but get all the way the fuck out of here with this Calvin Johnson combine bullshit. Stop it. Like you're, you're telling on yourself.
1: Most fans don't, most fans don't, right? And they probably go on Twitter and they see whoever put that out and then it just spreads like wildfire because none of them know anything. Or I shouldn't say none of them. Most your typical fan are kind of like your knuckle dragging, you know, just, just, they, they they don't pay attention to none of it. You can say whatever you want to them and they will not listen. They will regurgitate whatever they heard on local talk radio. And local talk radio is the stone cold
0: worst, right? It I is don't know if like, maybe horse. some other cities like had it had it better. No. Okay. All of
1: them are horrible. They're all your average fans. They're just trying to make it entertaining. And very few of them have any, like, real, like... I would put a fantasy analyst up against a radio analyst um, on your local radio station all day, seven yes. times. Says, you know, no problem. with Not even thinking about it, right? Okay. And just because the, the level of knowledge and everything else is there. And you, your, your average fan is the same way. And it is frustrating because you can see stuff. I remember here, whenever the Chiefs drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes, people were pissed. Like... What are they doing? What are they, we got Alex Smith here. What, what are we taking a quarterback? I don't get this. Like, uh, this guy's going to be a bum. He's a bust. He's not going to do anything. And now. It's fucking Pat Mahomes nation here, and Alex Smith was the worst quarterback ever. But it's just the way that it goes. And, it and makes fans it go better. Yeah, fans are stupid. Yeah, I'm not worried about that part of it. Uh, like I said, I think Chase Claypool has some interesting um, parts to his game. His explo- or his, you know, his his testing numbers are are certainly fantastic. He finally put it together. Oh, they incredible. Se- he finally put it together his senior year. Like I said, I feel like maybe he was a better uh, tight end then would be wide receiver but we'll see i guess they want him to be a wide receiver and they spent the draft capital on him which which you have to right. know, take into consideration you know 17th pick in the second round so you know the next guy um you know i'm not going to get too far into the wings with, with van Jefferson. Uh it was surprising they took him where he took him in, in the second round for a lot of people especially with Denzel Mims still on the board i don't get that i think it's one we'll be looking back on and be like what are you doing uh, you know la you know you could have had Denzel Mims but regardless um i i think it's fine they you know, they obviously don't have Brandon Cooks anymore, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on Van Jefferson. Do you have anything else that you want to throw in on Van Jefferson?
0: No, just wondering if, you know I mean, if does he come in and immediately replace Josh Josh Reynolds? You know what I mean? Because obviously the, the Rams and McVay are known for running – 11 personnel almost exclusively so that that would be the only thing is does he find his way into that third receiver spot because obviously they let uh they let cooks go and he's ended up signing down in in your favorite gm slash head coach slash offensive coordinator spot and with uh with the texans so that that'd be the only thing like you said the, the that was a surprising thing was to see that draft capital that they spent on him i don't like i liked him as as a route runner and his like a late round target kind of guy for, for dynasty purposes, but I did not see second round draft capital. Um, we'll keep him moving here. You mentioned Denzel Mims. He obviously lands in with, with the New York jets. I think the biggest thing that's on everyone's mind, because everything on paper looks good. Young quarterback, wide open uh, target share. I mean, you have Herndon, Crowder, and then, I mean, I guess Le'Veon Bell, maybe if you if you want to even consider him there. Josh and Bashad Perriman, but like it's it's Denzel Mims, and he's gonna walk into like he could walk into that one spot right now. The big question on everyone's mind is what does Adam Gates do with him? Does he survive Adam Gates? Because we've seen plenty of examples of guys coming out of Miami. Who weren't doing much, and a lot of people were hyped on. They end up going elsewhere, and they end up shining. So, give me give me a quick thought here on Denzel Mims in in New York, or or does that scare you off? Will you be Will you be drafting him? How we thought about him pre draft because this was a Denzel Mims fantasy podcast, but now he lands with Adam Gates. Where like which which side are you going to land on there?
1: Yeah, I love the player. Explosive athlete, like we talked about, you know, his, his speed, ninety-six percentile, 4.38, 40-yard dash, 115.6. Speed score, which is ninety-six percentile. Burst score is terrific with 130.1. Fantastic dominator rating. Good breakout age of 19.9. I mean, the dude just did everything. 48.8 contested catch rate, you know, in Baylor. Like, there's so much to like with Denzel Mims. But he had to go to Adam GaSe, and you're right. There, it is something to, to to watch. You know, look at Devontae Parker once. You know, once Adam GaSe left, I'm hoping this is Adam GaSe's last year because Adam GaSe should not be a head coach anyway. Adam GaSe is the stone cold worst, and so I think initially I really do like this landing spot, and now with Robbie Anderson gone. We'll see. Like This is one of the better landing spots for any wide receiver. He still went in the second round. I think he should have went ahead of Van Jefferson and Chase Claypool, to be honest with you. And you can even make a case for LaVisca Chennault as well. So I like Denzel Mims. He has draft capital. I don't love it for this year, but if this offense could take a step forward with Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold, remember the, the ghosts that he saw last year against the Patriots, as long as he can exercise his demons uh, from that, <laughs> I think he should be okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll see on that. I, I don't love that. Like I said, I hate Adam Gase, and I think he doesn't deserve to be a head coach. But anyways, let, let's keep it moving because we've been uh, going for a long time here.
0: On Lynn brand. Bowden,
1: taken in the third round by the Raiders. The Raiders just uh, loading up on offense. You know, I think he they, they're actually listing him as running back. And actually, uh, MFL um, changed him to running back today as well. And I, I think he's going to end up being oh, okay. listed as a running back. And, he's kind of that do-it-all guy um i don't really have a ton of interest josh jacobs is there and then the next guy brian edwards we, this has been a brian edwards podcast um uh, yes for, for the longest time we love brian edwards and i believe uh ray ray garvin friend of the show uh, actually said said recently that he thought that by next year brian edwards can be the 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 raiders alpha which is hard to deny that I think that that is certainly the range of possibility uh, for Brian Edwards. Love Brian Edwards. I don't, I, and I, I can still see a range, a possibility where he's relevant this year, and that he is a, a fantasy asset down the stretch uh, with them because I think he's a better fit for Derek Carr and what Derek Carr likes to do um, than what Henry Ruggs is, and I think he could end up being the beneficiary of that. So I really like Brian Edwards. Do you have anything else to put in on that
0: for all of our listeners who've been following along for the past couple of months, like? It, Honestly, it would it wouldn't have mattered where Brian Edwards landed for me. Like I, I'd still I'd still be super hyped on him. I, I think he can he can absolutely function as a even even at worst if he were the two to Henry Ruggs, which I don't necessarily see that happening. I could definitely see what you were talking about with Ray talking about, um, ended up being the the one A next year and Ruggs kind of feels more of a of an NFL. Field stretcher role than a fantasy viable kind of role for us. Um, I mean, dude, it's, it is it it's just pants off when it comes to comes to Brian Edwards, right? Like, is there really that much else to say? I mean that that's gonna be my no. analysis. Any it's- anytime you see if you see an article come out any to anytime with this as like Cody Kutzer talks about Brian Edwards, just expect to open up that article. It literally just says pants off. And then that's the end of the article.
1: And just in your mind, as you like read it, and you just just know, envision Cody without pants on, and that's that's probably what how the, how he wrote the article. So just pants off all the time. So yeah, I think I think we both can agree with that. And then you have Devin Duvernay went to the Ravens. I doesn't do a whole lot for me to be honest with you, at least right now. Uh, maybe something I'll get into a little bit later. With 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 Duvernay, you know, I think it's good for Miles Boykin for sure. You know, our our boy Derek Brown is really high on uh, some Miles Boykin, who is an explosive athlete himself, so it doesn't really hurt his breakout there. So let's let's just do this. Um, you know, um, well first we should probably talk about and in this section. Let us know who your favorite wide receiver landing spot was, at least you know for redraft or, or dynasty, whichever one you play more of. Uh, for the question of the week here for the for the um, wide receivers, because I think there's a lot to choose from. Um, yeah. Before we before we sign off, give, give me a couple sleepers that you really like. One of them is Tyler Johnson, right? Like for one of your sleepers. Uh, uh, so with him, I don't know what to think about him. Like I don't like. I wanna like Tyler Johnson, but a lot there's a lot of people that are like that's like one side or the other with Tyler Johnson. It's the dude was a was a baller at mm-hmm. at Minnesota, but at the same Correct. time, was he actually the best wide receiver there? Because I think there's a you know, there's another there's another guy that a lot of people really like and say that he's better than him. We have no athletic testing, so that, that is not a detriment. We shouldn't take hold that major against him because you know at the same time, but we don't know those things. He he played his hand wrong in terms of the combine and you know because he didn't get to have a pro day so we have right. no idea about that but he lands with the bucks which is a very crowded situation right now with Godwin with with Mike Evans with Rob Gronkowski which will have a limited role but they also have Justin Watson which is whatever but as being the number 3 wide receiver and slot wide receiver but he's not going to be the slot and that, that's my issue that's I guess the thing I have to say is that they're not going to move Chris Godwin to the outside like Chris Godwin balled last year in that role, that Larry Fitzgerald role, and Tyler Johnson to me, best profiles as a slot wide receiver. So where is his role exactly, and where where do you expect him to play?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect him to play the, the slot the majority of the time. I, I think this is kind of one of those things where you see Tyler Johnson slot in whenever they go to you know that there are 11 personnel. I mean, I think I think Godwin can play outside and in. Um if if you look at where he was lined up last year uh with with uh with Tampa Bay obviously. Um 938 total snaps. 518 were in the slot and he did play 349 out wide. So I mean he he can line up in both spots. I think the addition of Tyler Johnson kind of allows you in that 11 personnel to kick Godwin outside a little bit um or even if you want to kick him inside and put Tyler Johnson outside I, like I think you could kind of do that as not not a decoy in the sense of like a Deshaun Jackson kind of thing where he's going to take the lid off of the the defense but I I just the the thing that, to me that I love about Tyler Johnson is Like there were rumors that he could go undrafted, right? So if you're going to go to a place with, with his draft capital, he was going to be buried on depth chart anyway. You know what I mean? But if you're going to go with a Bruce Arians kind of offense, like that to me is a win. So that's why I like, I like Tyler Johnson in this spot. Like I said, if you're drafting somebody late day three, the way that Tyler Johnson was drafted, he wasn't gonna go to a spot where he was just gonna be able to like, oh shit, you know what? He could actually just jump right in and be the be the number two right away. So to me, it's the it's the offense, it's a landing spot that that have me I, I mean, maybe I'm just being a, a stubborn truther, but I mean that'll that that'll flesh itself out. Well you're not you not the only one I've seen
1: I've seen people st- like still now post draft. Like rank him as like
0: the number nine wide receiver in this class. And I'm like I, I can't get behind that. I mean in in super flex drafts, like I late third, early fourth, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're kind of just like holding on to hope. Um, but like I, I mean I think he's draftable in rookie drafts obviously because of the landing spot, but like well, is
1: no, the, the, what I was going to say is the one thing that should be mentioned is Chris Godwin's a free agent after this year. I could also see them moving on from one of the, like from either Mike Evans and, you know, trading Mike Evans or something like that after this year. There's kind of been those rumors, but Chris Godwin is a free agent. Now they could franchise him and bring him back for another year. But so there there is some long-term aspect to Tyler Johnson that I think that you could look at, but you're right. Like he shouldn't be viewed as anything more than like a late-round rookie pick or something like that. Um, people putting him at like wide receiver eight and nine is fucking ridiculous in my opinion, especially as as deep as this wide receiver class is. It's not like yeah. there's only like one or two guys that are good. Like this is a really deep wide receiver class. So putting him that high, I think is ridiculous, and you're just being stubborn at that point.
0: So real quick, um, before I throw my other guy out here, whenever you brought up the the Mike Evans trade, um, I knew I knew he obviously he signed that massive extension not too long ago, twenty twenty one though. Um a post June first release or trade, they're only gonna have, it looks like between twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty two, less than five million dollars in dead cap, and their twenty twenty one cap savings would be twelve point two million. And I mean, at, at that point he's gonna be twenty-eight, which obviously is an old and wide receiver years by by any means, but that's I mean that would certainly be be something to to monitor there. That's that's not something I necessarily realize because especially whenever I pulled up spot track, normally they'll like give you like the little like highlight and breakdown like in the middle of the years, it'll say like possible out this year. And it didn't have that for, for Mike Evans. So I was like, Oh shit, like this must be like a really hard contract to get out of. But no, man, uh twenty twenty one. Uh, their 2021 dead cap will be 1.6 million and their 2022 dead cap will be 3.2. So, I mean, that's, that's really not that hard of a contract to get out of. Uh, The other sleeper name that I will throw out here is John Hightower out of, uh, out of Boise state. If you look at him, landed in Philly, the the targets are open outside of the tight ends, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager. So I mean, after after that, like it's to me, it's wide open. We've already talked about our hate and disdain for Alshon Jeffrey, so we don't have to go too much more into that. But Hightower, um, I think both of his years where he had statistics at Boise State, he was over. I think one year was over 16 yards per catch, and the, I think last year was over 18 yards per catch. Ran like a four-four, not the biggest dude. I think he's sub 190, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but again, just just the opportunity to go there. Um, we talked about a Greg Ward, like really who else is in his way. So to to me, Hightower is definitely a guy that especially if you do like a like maybe like a five round. Rookie, uh, rookie draft, especially if you do five rounds with super flex, or maybe you're in a 14 or 16 team league. He's definitely somebody who's worthy of of a, of a taxi spot at the at the very least.
1: Yeah. I, so so for me, my guy is Darnell Mooney. Right. I've been high on him pre draft, and he lands with the Bears in the fifth round. Really love that landing spot. They Taylor Gabriel has gone, their field stretcher, and I think that's where he can step in. Uh, explosive athlete uh out of two lane five seven one seventy six but had for that four three eight wheels 96 percentile 124.9 71st uh burst score um hey, his yard per his yard per reception was fantastic 17.8 which is 85th percentile and 36.5 dominator rating and he also i mean he had a great breakout age 18.9 92nd percentile so there's a lot to like here for darnell mooney And I think going to the Bears in the fifth round is a a good spot. I think he could end up being like the number three wide receiver in that offense behind Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. And so I really like this spot for them. And if, you know, if Nick Foles ends up being the the quarterback, which I suspect is probably going to be the case, but they're probably going to do whatever they can to try to still get Mr. Trubisky to do it. But anyways, I, I like this landing spot. It's kind of that late round sleeper and rookie draft, somebody that I would be targeting, you know, in the fourth round or something like that of a rookie draft because I think that he has uh, some pretty solid upside uh, here for the Bears. And so he's not a, a name that like he started to gain a little bit of buzz because people had come out and said that he was a wide receiver that he had met with every NFL team um i think it was thor um from your Roto world put that out or something like that a few about a, about a month or two ago and that's really kind of what i was like huh so i started looking into him and i was really impressed with, with what i came away with so i really like him and like i said i think he's somebody not he's not really on my my, my radar for for a redraft at all uh, maybe you know later in the year or something like that but not somebody immediately that i have really interested in that i would want to draft but in dynasty i would definitely want to have some shares of some darnell mooney uh, in chicago yeah
0: especially if 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 you have a, a deeper roster, deeper, uh, deeper bench kind of league, that's that's someone you could you could definitely throw in there to to take a look at because he's he's also going to be cheap as well. So that real quick last name that I'll throw out Donovan's Peoples Jones. We we keep having the Odell Beckham trade rumors. Jarvis Landry in twenty twenty one his his contract they can get out of uh, out of pretty easily. I, I was a little surprised to see that he didn't have. I didn't expect him to go super early, but I didn't expect him to go at uh, as late as he did. So, if he can kind of go there, learn behind Landry and Odell for for a year or two, um, that that wide receiver room might be wide open with within another year, year and a half. So, Donovan's People shows is another guy you can you can definitely take a a late round shot on in your dynasty in your dynasty rookie drafts. Obviously, for redraft purposes, he's he's not going to be drafted or even thought about whatsoever.
1: I'm sure we'll dig into this a little bit more too. As kind of things progress, we start to learn a little bit more about everything that's happening. So I I do like, uh, I do like that call as well. So I think that's it uh, again for this week uh we will be back again next week of course two hours but uh on this but uh we'll be breaking this down so for people listening to this on podcast we will have to sit through two hours it's impossible for us really to ever get through something uh but to be honest with you we got through a ton of players uh we got through the entire draft class so i'll be breaking this up into two separate spots so when you're looking into this this will be the second half of the show um We really appreciate everybody. Uh, As things get closer, like I said, we're almost to May. Um, You know, Friday's May first, and then things will start to progress pretty quickly, and we'll be into redraft season. So, if you are a redraft guy or gal, um, you know, uh, be sure to check out all of our content we're going to be dropping on the YouTube channel. We're going to start doing more native content for YouTube, where there's just uh, YouTube only content. I think we're going to start doing some team breakdowns of of post draft. Um, kind of an overarching view of them from a fantasy perspective. We're going to do all 32 teams. And then, you know, honestly, also, also, you know, are there any topics you'd like us to cover? You know, I know one area that I think that nobody covers is Keeper Leagues, right? I don't hear anybody ever talk about Keeper Leagues. Like, there's little mentions of them. People answer questions about them. There's no content for Keeper Leagues. Would you want to see something like that? More Dynasty or Redraft or Roster Construction, Strategy Base. There's all different kinds of aspects. That I think we could go down over these next month, month and a half, two months. So if there's anything in particular you want to see, let us know on Twitter or jump into our Slack channel. You can find it in the in the show notes, a free link to jump in there. From there, you can also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can find it, uh, you know, down in the description below. So please do that. And again, you know, answer. Uh, Give us a quick answer on their question of the week. What was your favorite wide receiver landing spot and let us know that so we kind of have an idea. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter at FF underscore authority or you can reach out to us at fantasy rap 13 or Cody at C. Kutzer FF and let us know that. or jump into our Slack channel and we, let's have a conversation about this because we don't got anything else to talk about right now. I heard NASCAR might be coming back in May heck yeah you know, i need some dfs in my life but uh for anything else other than that uh you got anything else cody
0: no just uh hashtag heck yeah i mean of all the all the f bombs that we've dropped you you decide to go with heck yeah for uh for your nascar dfs but no seriously if, if you guys have any suggestions on content you would like to hear please let us know i think um just for us is like developing content we kind of get stuck and like the same ideas because like we're in it so if you have anything that you want to hear whether it's uh or if you want to read it hear it watch it whatever like wherever you guys want the content that's where we're going to put it so whether it's strategy like the keeper thing i think is a great idea kev because i went straight from redraft to dynasty i didn't have any of the any of the middle parts of any kind of keepers so um, we we would definitely love to hear from you guys, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you can find us wherever Instagram we're, we're over there putting up filters, little nice, little nice, sexy pictures, you know, not no food, but you are going to see some Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I know, Kev, that's bordering on bordering uh, porn for you. So Kev, you might not want to look at the Instagram, but for everyone else, it's it's definitely safe. So that's uh, a that, that's it, man that's it
1: all right well again and we you know we got some other stuff in the works as well uh i think we're developing a few new fun things and uh we'll probably announce that next week as well that we're pretty excited about uh maybe some giveaways we're going to start doing kind of give back to the folks if you will so tune in for that because we're gonna start giving some stuff away for free you know uh you know do our part to uh, uh you know help the community be a part of tfa fam We've we really appreciate all. all of you so um i guess until uh, until next week again you can follow me on twitter clean. at fancyrat 13 follow cody really at c ff and we will really see you know all next week good. and again if you guys have any have any things you want to you talk about no, let us know open matter. to any suggestions so have a good week and we'll see you guys not? again next week peace
0: we hope you
1: for the day.